0: Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. On this episode, we're joined by Daniel Marcos, CEO and co-founder at Growth Institute, a leading provider of business education to help small to medium-sized firms scale up by reducing chaos and drama. Their mission is to scale impact and reduce drama for 10 million leaders by 2040. Daniel and I talk about the impact of drama and chaos on quality of life, quality of leadership, employee engagement, and the ability to successfully create great company cultures. Hi, Daniel, welcome to Humanly Possible. I'm so happy you have had a chance to, to join.
1: Hey, Angela, thank you very much. Super, super excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Yeah, thank you. And um, if you can could- start off by just telling us who you are as a professional. You have a fascinating background. uh, And then also, who are you as a human?
1: So being an entrepreneur for 21 years, built my first company when I was like 27 uh, back in Mexico. I was was born and grew up in Mexico. Uh, I've lived uh, in Hong Kong, in London, in Boston, uh, Austin, and uh, Toronto. Uh, And I'm living in Toronto today. and uh, I am married with two kids, uh, 15 and 9. Um, and I, I've been an entrepreneur, and I've been, as most, a lot of entrepreneurs, working a lot and, and uh, traveling a lot and being away from family. And that has put a toll in the family. Well, I, we're going to talk a lot about drama, uh, how being an entrepreneur creates a lot of drama in your life, and you bring that drama to your family. And that has helped me uh, focus on how to help entrepreneurs have that experience. So I've been an entrepreneur, as I said, 21 years. A CEO coach for last 13 uh, and I'm uh, finishing or publishing a book next May about a CEO system, how to help CEOs build their systems to be better CEOs. Um, That's why I am.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. And um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about uh, the, if you talk about the systems that you're talking about, there's structures to those systems. So help me understand Because this this podcast is really around the human-centric elements of business. So where does that fit into those structures for
1: you? So we have a, today I'm the CEO of a company called Growth Institute. And in Growth Institute, below our name, we have two phrases, scale impact and reduce drama. Mm -hmm. We believe what gives freedom to entrepreneurs, and by the way, all entrepreneurs and all leaders, we become entrepreneurs because we want freedom and freedom could be financial freedom could be freedom to work in whatever you want to work uh freedom to work wherever you you want to work in the world or have your own time or whatever but there's one more freedom sorry and and this is really important um i have a client that her mom died of breast cancer Mm. and when he was a kid and that has been tormenting him for many years right so his freedom is to be able to help other moms that don't die of breast cancer so their kids don't have the same experience that he had. right? And that's his freedom. If he's able to save one more mom, that will give him freedom. So we all want to have freedom. And what gives us freedom are two things. Be able to give more impact to the world. Whatever we're doing, hey, saving moms. If I could save 1,000 moms, that would give us more freedom right? instead of saving one or two. Um, Make more money uh, be able to serve more clients or whatever, and then reduce drama. I've been an entrepreneur, as I said, for 21 years, and I know how much drama, um, I have in my companies, how much drama I get as a human being, and then how much drama I bring to my family for being entrepreneur. Uh, my wife has told me many times, sometimes I wish you'd have a nine to uh, five job and just at five disconnect and that's it. And I'm like, sorry, (laughs) <laughs> Not even the jobs of today have that. <laughs> so, but yes, um, we we believe that being an entrepreneur is a great honor and opportunity, but it creates a lot of drama. Uh, so we help companies scale faster, reducing the drama of the operation.
0: So, so that's brilliant uh, because uh, I, I know exactly what you mean by drama. <laughs> you know, working, <laughs> working in HR, uh, being an entrepreneur, uh, being a founder... It, it's almost taken for granted a little bit, right? Like yeah. when you bring people together uh, to work on a common goal, there is going to be drama. It's about how you deal with the drama. So how do you define drama? Let's start there. How do you define so, that?
1: So let me, I'll do an example. Sometimes you go to a restaurant and you go to a restaurant, food comes on time, it's hot, everything, like it's nice, music. And then sometimes you go to restaurants and you hear the, the waiters running, and they see the, you hear the plates falling, like, you feel the drama. You yeah. feel the haphazard of the operation. There's a lot of companies that have that, and, and you could feel it as a client, but internally, the employees are tired. Um, they, they feel all the time they're being persecuted, they don't know if they're going to be fired, uh, you have all these change of directions, um, and all these kind of things really put a toll on you as a, as a human being, and you bring that toll on your family and your friends and the rest. Um, hey, the amount of employees are overweight or or they have all these stress issues. Um, I have a client that over the holidays, he had a stress uh, uh, health issue. And the doctor said like, the only thing that I could tell you is you need to sleep eight hours, you need to walk your dog at least two times a day, you need to get out, like, it's that. You can't imagine how many entrepreneurs have had a stress um, event. Um, uh, uh, Arianna Huffington. I don't know if you read his story from the Huffington Post. Um, she was one day working three o'clock in the morning with a lot of stress, and she kind of began feeling fainted or, or, or uh, uh, light headed, like, like, like yeah, yeah, like heavy headed. And she went to the to the her kitchen to drink a glass of water, and she fell on the floor and stayed on the floor like for six hours. Oh my. He, she couldn't move because of all the stress and drama. And after that, she went to all these doctors. And what they told her is like, you haven't slept. You have all this stress and drama. So now she has a book called Thrive about, if you really want to thrive, you have to sleep. Um, so as entrepreneurs, we have so many things to do. We start cutting corners, not doing exercise, not having any white space, not uh, uh, sleeping well, and all that creates a lot of drama. And, and, and it reflects on stress, it reflects on your weight, it reflects on how you explode with your team members. Like, how many times we've seen a manager just explode and shout to their team members, right? And, and we don't think it's that bad. For them, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's, it, it really, they think, as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of stress because we don't know how to pay payroll, and all that, and we complain that it's very lonely at the top. But really, it's, it's sometimes even worse for them, because yeah, they could be fired the next day.
0: Right, and you per, almost perpetuate the ah, the stress, yeah. right? That's so, correct. so the, the drama is really it's it's a chaos in the system. That's yeah. that's kind of how I, you know, how I think about it. It's chaos in the system, and that could and
1: be, that creates a lot of stress in the body, uh, health issues, all that.
0: And I think the restaurant example is, is a brilliant one because yeah, I, I have seen, it's a perfect example to kind of take you out of the, uh, out of the element of being in it, right? When you're an organization, yeah. you're, you're in it, right? Yeah. You're like, you're like that, that, that wait staff that's, uh, serving you food. But when you actually look at it from afar, you like, so you can feel the chaos. And the energy and the you don't want to eat there <laughs> because people
1: use are millet, Use in two minutes.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's,
1: it's crazy. Yeah. So how so that's okay. how it feels in companies and, and it's it's a big difference and that creates a lot of stress in the people. So if we really want to have happy employees, we have to learn how to build better systems and procedures to reduce the drama and a great culture in the company.
0: Yes absolutely and the lack of you know getting rid of any uncertainty clarity is also key so how does uh how does an organization start down this path what are some of the key structures or systems that you work with your clients on to stand up more immediately so that they don't go down the path of having drama and stress
1: so so first you have to care about not having drama stress i i've, been, I've I've been coaching a lot of CEOs, and, and sometimes I tell someone, hey, you know what, your team's having a lot of stress, da, da. and the response is, well, they're getting paid, so I don't care. And I'm like, what? Like, he, they, they they have so much drama in their life under stress that the response is, if I'm having it, they're gonna have it, and I'm okay with that. So, so first, you have to care about your team. Um, we know that having a great culture, that people enjoy working there, and all that is way better for the client. It's way better for us. Like everyone has a better life. So first you have to care about doing great culture by design. And then you have to put systems and procedures. We're we're creatures of habit, uh, human beings. Um, Indeed, when someone has a baby, the first thing they recommend a first-time mom is get the same schedule. Wake up at the same time, feed the kid at the same time, like have all the schedule. And that's what's going to give stability to the baby. Same thing happens for us. Um, And part of my book that I'm I'm writing is, I really believe it has to go in three steps. First, focus on you. If you want to build a great team and a great company, you have to be a great leader. Uh, I've seen leaders that, as I said uh, before we start recording, they're cheating on their spouse, and they're having a lot of drama with their kids, or drink a lot and all that, and it's difficult to build a great company if you're having all that stress. You could do it in the short term, not in the long term. And those companies don't usually last a lot, and they don't usually provide a lot of value to the market. Right? So first, focus on you. You have to be a great leader yourself and, and be a person people want to follow. Because if some people don't want to follow you, you will not be able to hire great people. Then step number two is building a great team. People say, no, I want to build a great company. No, like but you cannot build a great company if you don't build a great team. So you have to focus on building a great team, and the team is going to build a great company. Mm. So then you focus on building a great team. And the third step, then, is building a great company. And you have to be implementing systems and procedures that will allow the three things uh, happen correctly.
0: Love it. Yeah, and that's why I think there's what's taken for granted, um, putting this at a very micro level, you know, when you bring a team together and you just jump into the work, What happens, right? Nobody's aligned. You don't even know if you have the right people on the team. You know, values aren't aligned, objectives aren't aligned, and then, you know, if if you think about everyone rowing a canoe, right? Everyone's rowing in a different direction, and you never get there. So, spend the time. My just add to that would be spend the time with forming yourself as a leader and forming the team. And it will never be. It's never a one and done, right? People up to work.
1: Yeah, people say you have to work on the company. Uh, My mentor, Vern Harnish, uh, the founder of Scaling Up, the author of Scaling Up said, hey Daniel, you want to put everyone on the same page, but you first have to write the page. Mm -hmm. And he's true. Like, you could not be able to direct anyone if you don't work on really building the message and building the direction and building all that. And he invented this thing called a one-page strategic plan that you have to write all your strategy and direction everything in one page. Very, very simple that everyone could read and understand. And once you spend the time doing that, but by the way, it's it's a tough process. It's, it's we give a class uh, of three months to help companies go through a process. And most of the companies finish and most of the, and some, some small companies, they don't even finish in three months. Now like, guys, like we work with you two or three hours a week for three months and they still have issues finishing their one page plan. So it's, it's not easy to write a, a strategic plan. It, um, so takes, that-
0: it takes time. It absolutely takes deep work and and time. And there's no other way to get around it, right? I've, I've, I've done strategic planning, and I'm actually working um, with a company now that uses um, scaling up very much as a foundation. And we use the one-page strategic plan uh, as a framework. Uh, but one of the things that we worked on was making sure we had that one-page strate- strategic plan for the company, right? We had kind of the business unit um, plans you need an overarching north star
1: and you start percent- with a company yes and then you could start building like independent plans for divisions based on the one for the company
0: exactly so we're working on um, kind of um cascading right think about the waterfall cascading that all down and then the individual knows at that point how they contribute and how that aligns up so that's the clarity piece i think that when you don't have that that's where the chaos happens. When nobody understands why they're there, what they're working towards, who they can work with, that's when drama occurs.
1: So my first company, I built the first FinTech company in Latin America, uh, in Mexico. I built the first online bank uh, 20 some years ago. And I remember that we begin raising all this venture capital and everything and we've been growing 85, 90 employees, and it was 25, 26. And one day I was in my office like at 12 o'clock at night. And one of my employees came into my office and said, how are you? And I was like, Ugh. "I was." I was they, they, she could see my stress in my face. And she said, hey, my husband is part of this organization called Entrepreneurs' Organization, and they help entrepreneurs like you be able to have a better experience. Do you want me to introduce you? And I was like, please. So she introduced me to this group called Entrepreneurs' Organization. Um, I go to one of their meetings, and I really like the group. It was everyone on the entrepreneurs, very similar to me and all that. And I said, guys, who is the guy, like, who could teach me this? Mm-hmm. And they said, there's this program in MIT, part of the, the, the organization, called Birthing of Giants. You have to apply. So I applied, and that was a program led by Vern. So that's when I met the One Page Strategic Plan. I've been running my companies 21 years with a One Page Plan. It just changes yep. everything. It yep. works. It yeah, works.
0: big big fan of Byrne and what he's- I'm, I'm biased,
1: but it, but it works.
0: <laughs> yeah, and his book, yeah, his book is uh, Scaling Up, I think is such a great foundation. And when you talk about like, what are the elements that you really need to piece the puzzle together? Uh, that's a great framework. So I'm, I'm glad you said that, because I, I, I'm with you, I'm with you right there. Um, so you, you mentioned some really practical uh, you know, tools, I think, to build some of this out. What is the, help listeners understand, what is the detriment to not focusing on this work?
1: Um, so let me kind of go back. When I go to a company, ask them, hey, show me your systems. And they show me their accounting system and production system and customer support system and all that, and I say, okay, great. Show me your CEO system. And they are at me, it's like, what do you mean? Uh-huh. How do you run as a CEO? Well, uh, but, but I have meetings and I take my decisions and I tell my team, and I was like, but you have all these systems and procedures for everything you're doing in your company. And one of the most important positions is leadership. How do you decide? How do you take decisions? How do you communicate? How do you prioritize things? And everyone tells me completely different. So part of the book is really building a CEO system. And let me walk you through two, three things that I think is going to be really important. Because let me explain to you a tool, and then I'll tell you what's the drama. Uh, but if you don't have it, what happens? So the first one, as I said, focus on you. And it's very lonely at the top. The biggest complaint that I get from entrepreneurs is it feels really lonely. 10 o'clock at night, I'm the only one working, everyone's home, relaxing with their families, and I'm really figuring out how to pay payroll or how to serve this client. Or So it's very lonely to be a CEO. Um, and there, part of start building the systems is being around a lot of CEOs, and that's why Eo for me has been so important. Uh, indeed, today I'm in my twenty-first year as a member of Eo, and I'm a member of Ypo now uh, three years, the last three years, um, and it just changed my life. Whenever I begin being around people like me, and they were saying like, "Yeah, I feel really lonely, two o'clock in the morning," and I was like, "You too? Like I'm having that?" <laughs> yeah, and, and everything they say, you have exactly the same issues, right? So it's it's the the first thing that I would ask uh, CEOs to start on them is connecting with a group of other CEOs like you. Mm. Um, uh, If you are a CEO of a company, you have very, very different responsibilities, decisions, and experience to your family members or friends that work for another company. Um, So first, you have to be surrounded with people like you that have the same issues. Thing like you to help you build your systems. Um, and interestingly, my standards have gone up significantly since I joined EO because the only way that you could be a great leader is if you have all these people following you, but first you have to be a great leader for them to want to follow you. So I've been seeing how the entrepreneurs have done it, and that has been a great learning experience for me to may consider systems and their procedures and all that. So the first thing that I strongly recommend is connect with other CEOs. And when all the pandemic started, Vern said, you won't be able to get out of this thinking. You're gonna get out of this talking. You have to continually talk with all, other people and just have a, a conversation around that. Um, the, the one thing that I recommend starting 2021, do a list of the 10 uh, leaders like you that you would like to connect or have a relationship in this year, do a list and then actively find a way to connect with them once a month, go to lunch, have a virtual call, whatever. But you have to do it by design. Don't don't just say, well, it's gonna happen, there's COVID, I cannot travel, I cannot see them. No, you have to connect. We're human beings and you have to connect by design. Look for the top 10 people you want to connect with and build a relationship with them. Uh, and if you don't have it, it feels really lonely and you feel that you're the only one having those issues. And by the way, they tell me, oh, I'm a terrible entrepreneur. This is happening to me. I'm like, me too. What? And they were like, we're on the same boat. But if you don't connect with entrepreneurs, you feel you're the, only, the, the, the worst. You're having all these issues and we're having the same issues. So, so, And that's really important on you. Uh, I imagine you've been in the same uh, uh, position. Uh, I saw that All these people come to you, ask you about salary and negotiation and all that. They they come with you with all these issues, but you being in HR, you're able to relate to that because you have a perspective of all the people that you have. Same thing happens as an entrepreneur. You get a very, very different perspective. Then focus on the team. Um, And the team is, the best thing that I've learned is the great team members or great employees want to work with other great employees. So whenever you have a group and you have a C player, and even though they're friends and then go and have lunch together, you said, no, I cannot fire them because the rest of the team are gonna get mad. Now, no, when you let go of the C players, they tell you, what took you so long?
0: Right, and a I'm complete like, demotivator for high performance, yeah. right? Yeah, that's
1: correct. And I tell them, hey, you used to go to have lunch with them twice a week. And I was like, yeah, because that was the only time that I'm not working that I was accepted to be distracted but they want to be in my office all the time talking. So thank you for firing them, right? <laughs> so, so you have to focus on really building a group of A players. The more that you put them together, the more they're gonna love working with each other. We believe that teams that grow together, stay together, uh, and then they build a great company. But you have to start putting the group together. Um, and I could not uh, emphasize enough how important is to get the right people on the bus, but most importantly, get the wrong people off the bus. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to fire. It is. There's some people that you like, and they were great in the company five years ago, and you still keep them there. Yeah. Um, as an example, I explained that on the company's grown stages. And I go as an example, said say, hey, a baby, it's a Gerber, adolescent, whatever. You have a lot of Gerbers in your company. They yes. were amazing food when you started the company. Mm. Today, you eat them. Yeah. <laughs> and people yeah. stick with them, right? Yeah. You, like, you can't imagine how much people stick with them. Said, well, they were amazing five years ago. And I am like, five years ago, when the company had a third of employees. Today, they just don't fit.
0: Well, I, I think the way people think about this is uh, we're human, and I think empathetic folks think oh well this person contributed so much to this company getting to this place but really when you're talking about growing pivoting um merging acquiring uh you know increasing your capability what got you there won't get you and that's and and the human part of that I, i always tell people the human part of that is being real and being upfront and being clear about what the expectations are it's actually not it's actually the wrong thing to do to allow someone to work in an environment that they're they're, grow, they're growing out of or the company is outgrowing them it's just it's just not fair and it makes people feel less than and so it's important that you work with people and you get them in the right spot and you um even if that spot is not within your company
1: <laughs> you said something extremely important because I talked with the CEO and they said, yeah, that person, they have to be here because five years ago they were amazing. They give all these values, you said. And I said, but are you happy with them? No. And then why not? Because they don't add any more value. So I go and then interview the employee and said, are you happy here? And they said, I hate to work here. And I was like, why? Because before when the company was small, I was in the office of the CEO. He was asking me to do all these great things. Now I don't even talk to the CEO. They don't ask me for anything important. I'm just relegated to a corner office and I'm not part of the excited part of the company. Right. And I ask them, why you don't leave? Well, I work here 10 years. I have no idea where to go anywhere else. So they're paying me a salary, I'm here. But they're very unhappy.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like because they haven't talked to each other, they're all festering in their corners. But if you just open that conversation to to explore, uh and to again it's about I, I feel like we have a responsibility as people as holistic humans right so getting them in the right spot where they're fulfilled doing the work they love and uh meeting the expectations of the business need and, and the expectation of the business so if those two things are happening you're in a really bad spot even if it's just one person
1: yeah yeah so so that's on building a team yes. if you have a team that everyone's excited to work there, they have the right capabilities, they're working on something they're excited to work on and they they feel part of a team, you'll build a great team, right? But if not, you won't. And then the third part. um, The third part now is building a great company. And if you have a great team that you already built, what a great team wants is direction and delegation. So guys, we're going here and I expect you're gonna do this by this date. And that's what Scaling Up does, right? You have all these KPIs and dashboards and people know exactly what they have to do. And you negotiate um, what you expect from each one and they put colors and blah, blah, that's it. And then let them be.
0: Yep. If they get all stuck, your people.
1: <laughs> they call you. Yes. So the other day I, I, I was helping this entrepreneur in Guatemala. Um, we've been like three years implementing Scaling Up, very detailed uh, entrepreneur, very disciplined. And I used to go there two days every quarter. So I get there, and usually the first day, him and I spend talking about strategy and things like that. The second day, work with a team doing the quarterly planning. So he picks me up in the hotel like at 6.30. It's a construction company. They start really early. So yeah. they have their, their daily like at 7.07 in the morning. So he picks me up at 6.30. We go to the company. We have the daily huddle at 7.07. And then I finish. we finish, and I say, okay, what's next? And the guy looks at me and says like, I don't know, I already finished my day. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, I'm done. Everyone knows what they have to do. Everyone has a plan. Everyone has KPI. What do you want to do? And I was like, you're paying me a lot of money to be here. What what do you need? And he said, I'm happy with my strategy. It's in the plan. Nothing has changed. Do you want to go to some museums? And I was like, I've never seen museums in Guatemala. Okay, let's go (laughs) (laughs) I did to see some museums. But it was incredible. At 7.15 in the morning, he looked at me and said, I'm done for the day. Yeah. Imagine the low drama that he had.
0: And so what I always like to say, you know, being in kind of the the people space, um, CEOs and HR want to work themselves out of a job, right? Because your leadership team is so yes. strong. Yes. Direction is clear. The vision is there. they're translating the vision. And then all of the coaching, the development, the people-centric, and of course, you know, if this is like a big meta uh, aspiration, but that is that is my goal. That's one of my philosophies. And I feel like the same um, applies to a CEO because he or she has built such a fantastic team that they can go to a, mu- a museum at 8 a.m. after their, their first meeting.
1: <laughs> I tell people, if you have to be in the center of the operation, you didn't build a company. You build an auto employment. Yes. You could not be called a CEO until your company could not run without you
0: absolutely yeah i uh i love this conversation because you've you've really focused on three things you focused on the the founder the ceo the the leader of the company you focus on leadership as a team and there's layers to this right i think um, one of the things that i work a lot on is with executive and founder teams right you know strengthening that team so that 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 ceo is building the right system so that it permeates throughout the organization uh, and then, uh, you know, reducing all of the drama by creating clarity, right, autonomy, empowering. Uh, so I, I I love your framework. I love your idea of CEO systems and uh, because the earlier those are implemented, now all of us aren't in a, in a place of um, luxury, right? So like we've already built our companies, some people have already built their companies, but I think if they follow that framework, regardless of the stage, uh, you can inch closer to something really self-sustainable. So
1: even if your company is bigger, um, part of the book we're giving you these 48 tools that you have to implement. Um, we we believe there's four stages in a company, and then you have these um, three things you have to do, and then we recommend you inside four things of each. So it's like a very complicated table of 48 things.
0: Awesome! But yeah, applications is great.
1: Yeah. But we work with companies, and we kind of do an analysis and we realize they skip all these steps on stage one stage two and that's creating a lot of trauma so let's go back yes. fix it and then they will not have the run ra- and by the way here's something very interesting that i get all the time i get hired by ceos and they say hey i'm hiring you for you to fix the team below and i was like no you don't get it
0: yeah
1: <laughs> what is happening there it's a reflection of what is happening over yeah. here
0: <laughs> so <100%. let> me- <laughs> yeah. You got to start at the top. Yeah, and that's 100%. 100%. I, I work with a lot of companies that say, you know, we need training and we need workshops and we need uh we need to make this happen. And it's like, well, is your leadership team doing it? Yeah. No. Well, it's like, it's like 40%. Well, let's start there because if it's not happening there, I don't care how m- much time and effort I spend with that team. If there's not commitment, it's yeah. it's going to fall apart quickly.
1: It doesn't work. Just so it's really really important that you start at the top and you start with the people. If you've, not fix the people, but if you realign the people and objectives and uh, everything gets aligned.
0: Awesome, well, uh, I love, like I said, I love this conversation. I am so glad, Daniel, that you've had a chance to join. Uh, Got a lot of synergies here, I think, with um, systems and how that impacts uh, a human and people's uh, people-first workplace. Is there anything else you wanna mention to listeners about the, oh, below the, in the description
1: the, we'll put a link um uh, i have some slides that i show this i give all my slides for free so if they want to download the slides they could go in the link and, and they will understand the stages and all the model and everything
0: fantastic we'll make sure that's in the the description and when we um when we promote the the podcast so daniel thank you so much you've provided such great insight and framework here uh for, for our listeners so thank you again
1: Angela, thank you very much. Thanks for the invitation.